The following is Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com. Welcome back. This is Nature of Business, and I'm your host, Chrissy Coughlin. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Wednesday morning. We have with us now Darren Beck. He serves as the Manager of Corporate Responsibility for Sprint, and he is responsible for driving innovation to help reduce environmental impact, lowering operating costs, increasing revenue, and enhancing the company's reputation. And he accomplishes this by advising many of Sprint's environmental working committees focused on topics as device recycling, sustainable packaging, waste reduction, water conservation, responsible procurement, and winning with corporate responsibility in business sales. So a lot of stuff. Welcome, Darren. How are you? Good morning, Chrissy. Doing really well. Thank you so much for having me on the program today. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. Um, And just so you know, before we begin our interview, I'm coming back out to KC in a couple weeks, so we'll have to get together again. (laughs) Hey, I'm looking forward to that as well. Oh, terrific. Um, well, let's start. Um, we're gonna have, we have about 30 minutes and we've got a lot to cover. And I know that you're a busy man doing a lot of uh, very interesting stuff at Sprint. But I want to start out uh, with, with you and, and your background and how you found yourself at, at your current position at Sprint. You know, Chrissy, it's, it's interesting. I spent uh, most of my career on what seems to be two parallel tracks. You know, professionally, I've, I've, I've helped grow companies by offering my talents in, in strategy and marketing and business development. And personally, I've invested a lot of my own time advancing education, the environment, and, and social equality really to help create a better world. Uh, but it was about seven years ago when a mentor of mine here at Sprint really encouraged me to consider how I could begin merging both of those passions here at the company. And that's really a conversation that led me to where I'm at now on Sprint's corporate responsibility team I got to say today, I've got the best of both worlds. I'm driving innovation at Sprint while helping to build what I feel is one of the the country's premier corporate sustainability programs. That's amazing. Well, and how long how long have you had this position? I've been in this position for going about four years now. Okay. Okay. And do, do you find that a lot of your, your work is um, external? I know that you, you do speak a lot. Um, does, it, does it necessitate you traveling a lot and going out into the world and telling Sprint's story? Is that part of you, the... You know, that is a, a good portion of it. I'd say probably 75% of my time is spent internally and okay. probably another 25% going out to, uh, to, to share the good work that we're doing as well, yeah. Okay. Okay. I know that I've seen that you, you speak a lot and I'm like, oh my gosh, he was there. He was there. <laughs> so that's a good thing. It's a good thing to get out and tell the story. Um, now Sprint, um, for some, some people don't know that, that Sprint is a proven leader in the mobile telecommunication sector and that they've been recognized. You guys have been recognized by Dow Jones Sustainability Index in 2011 and 12, and you were picked as number three in Newsweek screen ranking in 2011 and 12. And that was up from number six in 2010 and number 15 in 2009. So obviously the momentum is there. So Sprint is truly a leader when it comes to, let's say, you know, for the sake of simplicity here, green, green topics. Before we delve into the specific initiatives and topics, give us, give, I'd love to hear your thoughts as to why, why this trajectory, why is, why is Sprint emerging as such a leader? You know, I think that's a great question, Chrissy. I believe there's probably three keys to, uh, to our success. Um, as I think through that, you know, number one has got to be executive support. Sprint CEO Dan Hesse is, is an advocate for sustainable business. 
Uh, mm-hmm. He understands that the company can do the right thing while still you know, doing what's good for the business as a whole. And, uh, and since he's come on board with his leadership, we've created a culture that really reflects those values throughout Sprint. And we've aligned the company from top to bottom in a way that supports those green efforts and helps us to really succeed. Uh, number two, I think, is, is interesting, and it may not be uh, an approach all companies take towards sustainability, but it's really worked well for us. It's our pursuit of high-impact but low-cost projects. We've really focused on, on those areas that are most significant to Sprint's impact on the environment. For example, reducing our carbon footprint. It, it's amazing when you think about how much energy a national wireless network can actually use, mm-hmm. um, you know, developing greener devices, uh, promoting responsible reuse and recycling. You know, we have fewer dollars and resources than many of our competitors, so we have to be smart about the investments that, uh, that we make. Uh, we've been establishing uh, long-term goals and, and accountability for achieving them. Spent a lot of elbow grease, kind of working on on engaging stakeholders and changing business processes, publishing metrics and and, and policies for the company, and and even really driving towards some industry standards. All of that is what we've been able to achieve at very little expense to uh, to the business as a whole. So it's helped to keep us nimble. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Number three, Chrissy, I, I think is is recognizing an opportunity, right? The opportunity we had to play a transformative role. What I mean by that is, is uh, on one hand, we saw an opportunity to transform a telecom sector here in the U.S. that was really just awakening to the concept of sustainability. Mm-hmm. So about five years ago, we, we began to differentiate ourselves as an environmental leader. And, and you know, telecommunications really is a highly competitive industry, so it prompted a lot of the others to follow along. And on the other hand, we recognize you know, how Sprint can help customers really to become more sustainable themselves. You know, we've long been known for, uh, for innovation as a company, and, uh, and now we're helping customers transform the way they live their lives and, and operate through what we feel are innovative, eco-friendly offerings that uh, range from green mobile solutions on into uh, to, to phone recycling. Mm-hmm. So you're really finding that you're reaching the customer at this point and in, in, in when they're coming into a Sprint store, when they're buying a phone or, or communicating with Sprint in general, that they're, this is something that they're being ed- educated about at this you know, stage. It's, it's interesting. Uh, definitely so when it comes to phone recycling. Uh, I'd love mm-hmm. to dive into that in more detail. But in terms of uh, our, other, our other efforts, in many ways, we're looking to have the rankings that Newsweek brings out and, uh, and you know, helping to reach out to other business influential leaders to uh, mm-hmm. kind of speak on our behalf. It's, uh, it's a bit more of a, uh, a guerrilla tactic, right, for getting, uh, getting the good word out there. But uh, to, a, to a great extent, yes, when you walk into our stores today, you see a, a much greater array of green messaging than you would have seen even a few years ago. Hmm. That's terrific. So l- let's talk about the actual devices. We, um, I read that 135 million cell phones are thrown away each year. This is a staggering number. Um, let's delve in a little bit more about what Sprint is doing with regard to device reuse and recycling. Yeah, and, and that is a big number. Uh, you know, since 2001, Chrissy, we've, we've been collecting more than 46 million devices. Wow. Um, and, and that- that's only the start. You know, what, what we really did to begin with was set a, uh, a precedent, right? We, we set a precedent by being the first in the wireless industry as a whole, you can, you can say that globally, 
to be able to set an ambitious long-term goal for collections as well. And we're striving to collect nine mobile devices for reuse and recycling for, for every 10 we sell annually by 2017. Mm. And that's, that's significant, especially here in the U.S., when you consider uh, some of the data from the EPA, uh, they estimate that only about 10% of, uh, of mobile devices ever get recycled. And so I'm pleased to say, at least in 2012, our collection rate was uh, was around 45%, so we're halfway towards that target. Um, okay. yeah, increasing collections is a challenge, though. It's not something that uh, that, that is going to be solved overnight, but what we're finding is the key is really to make it easy and rewarding for customers to turn in their old mobile phones, tablets, and, and hotspots. Uh, that's why Sprint buyback is so effective. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The, the program actually offers customers up to $300 for each eligible device that they bring in, and it can be found over in over 3,500 retail stores and even online. Uh, we were actually the first U.S. major U.S. carrier to uh, to buy back devices from any carrier in our stores, and uh, to turn around and offer customers an instant credit uh, there at the mm-hmm. retail counter. And uh, and leadership like that, I, I believe, is what led Com- uh, Compass Intelligence. To, uh, to name Sprint's buyback program the best in the industry uh, for the last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was surprising, Chrissy. Uh, you you may uh, you may know this, but a lot of lot may not. I think a lot of people just assume that those devices we bring back in just get broken down for their for their materials. Right. Uh, what's interesting is that most have no idea that uh, about more than ninety percent of the devices that we collect actually get reused. Really? Um, re- really, yeah. It, wow. Most of those are, are remanufactured to, to like new conditions, uh, and we provide those as replacement devices through our, our Sprint service and repair and, and insurance programs. Uh, what that does for Sprint is it helps us to avoid a, a lot of costs to the business. You know, our number one cost to the business is acquiring devices put into the hands of consumers. Mm-hmm. And so it keeps that cost down, but it also conserves the energy and resources that are required to produce millions of new devices otherwise right that is i didn't i that's i did not realize that um i think that that's a big part of the story because i think people when they recycle they're not exactly sure what's happening to their device when it is then recycled you just sort of hope for the best and hope it doesn't get shipped overseas and broken down and I think that's a, a very good point to make as well. You know, what we've been trying to offer is uh, we've been offer, trying to offer our customers peace of mind, whether that phone's going to get remanufactured or whether it's going to get recycled. Um, we're, you know, we're working with operators or vendors that, uh, that either have uh, or are pursuing third-party certification like, uh, like R2, R2 Rios, or eStewards that helps to ensure responsible operations. You know, we've talked about an awful lot around this, Chrissy, but if, you, if your listeners are interested in diving into a bit more detail around recycling, they can actually go online to sprint.com slash recycled to, uh, to, mm-hmm. to find out all the good work that's going on there. No, that, that's great. No, I think, I think they are, definitely. Um, why don't, what about greener devices? I know that that's a big piece of, of this. What, what constitutes, if I go buy a phone, how am I buying a greener device, a more eco-friendly device? That's a, that's a good question. In fact, I'm going to rewind the clock a little bit. We were asking our, ourselves the same question a few years back. Uh, you know, Sprint wanted to bring a, a phone with green attributes to, uh, mm-hmm. to the market, but at the time there really wasn't a standard in place. And so after some research 
and meeting with a few recognized experts, we actually worked with Samsung to develop and launch uh, the Reclaim in, in 2009. Um, it was the, the first feature-rich mobile phone with green attributes sold in the U.S., and, uh, and it received numerous awards. In the process, one of the, the great byproducts was that Sprint also developed and published um, its own set of environmental criteria for, for mobile devices. Hmm. Uh, yeah, and to be considered credible, we thought moving forward, you know, we kept things like the FTC guidelines in mind as well for, uh, for uh, making sure that you're representing your claims appropriately. We knew that future devices couldn't be self-rated against this criteria. Mm-hmm. What we did is we reached out to Underwriters Laboratory Environment, and we checked to see if they could serve as a third-party certifier for our, our Sprint standard. Um, interestingly enough, that relationship grew quickly, and, and we found that both of us were actually in favor of building on this foundation to create uh, a global standard. Um, you know, ULE contacted uh, other wireless carriers and mobile device manufacturers to see what their interest would be. And soon after that, you know, it was, it was working with Sprint and several manufacturers to develop the standard. And, and that led to the creation of what now today is uh, ULE 110. It's the industry's first true standard for more sustainable mobile devices. Okay. Uh, and the, the, oh, I'm sorry? No, how many... How many um... You had mentioned Samsung. Are there other, uh, so how many industries, how many companies came together to create these standards in the end? It's a great question. Initially, about five manufacturers came together to help draft it, but since then, they pulled together what they call a, essentially a standards technical panel okay. that uh, involves many different voices and in industries, including uh, carriers and, and NGOs along the way. Um, the, the neat thing about this standard, which gets to your, your original question, is which is what is a green phone? It mm. talks about, uh, it essentially ranks the device in about seven different categories. Um, it, it looks at materials use uh, in, in the device, uh, how much energy that device consumes, um, impact to health and environment, end-of-life management, the packaging that goes with those devices, uh, the manufacturing operations that went into it, and it gives you some bonus points along the way for, uh, for innovation that, uh, that can drive towards you, maybe throwing a, a solar panel on the back of the device or, or something that kind of takes it into, into a, a new area of development. Um, right. And, and those, those devices can be either you know, basic certified or platinum certified, depending on the scores. Sprint today is, is leading the way. You know, at the end of last year with, with our own devices, as well as our prepaid devices through Boost and Virgin Mobile and Palo. We had 14 available that were platinum ULE 110 devices. Wow. And uh, wow. we had another 23 that were, were met that basic certification as well. Wow. Wow, that's great. This is, I know that um, I'm learning a lot, so I'm, sh- I'm certain our listeners are as well. This is terrific. Um, let's move on to the greenhouse gas emissions. Um, Sprint is the first and to date only U.S. telecom company to publicly announce an absolute greenhouse gas emission reduction goal. By 2017, Sprint intends to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by an absolute 20% compared to 2007 levels. Tell us more about this. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, it's an interesting area. Sprint is, as you said, the only U.S. telecom provider to set an absolute reduction goal for scope one and scope two greenhouse gas emissions. I think it's a little wonky, but uh, it's <laughs> to point out 
built too because that's electricity used. And for uh, for any wireless carrier, that's a major factor. For yeah. instance, when we look at, at at you know what Sprint can control, you know, in terms of its own emissions, Scope Two makes up ninety seven percent of that as a whole, mm. and uh, and our network is uh, is consuming about eighty percent of that of that electricity as a whole. It takes a lot of energy to keep our customers' data flowing across the network. And any serious absolute reduction goal in this industry has got to include scope two. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So as you mentioned, yes, we, we pledged to, to shrink our, our carbon footprint by 20% by, uh, by 2017. You know, today we're, we're over halfway there. Um, okay. Most of that reduction has come from, from optimizing our data centers, uh, reducing how much real estate we occupy, driving network efficiencies. And in fact, we believe that network vision, which is a, a current initiative that we have underway to transform Sprint's network, is going to help us reach that full goal. And, and mm-hmm. the, uh, the synopsis behind network vision is essentially rather than running two networks as we do now, it enables us to transition to just one seamless network that we're going to be putting some new equipment onto that's more compact, it's more energy efficient, and the good news is it's going to be able to provide even better coverage and call quality for uh, for, for our customers. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there is another factor besides just the absolute reduction of your carbon footprint. I, I, we think that since the network is going to continue to be a major contributor to our emissions uh, you know, as, as we continue to, to, to progress, it's important to look at you know how efficient we are with the carbon we use to uh, to, to run that network. Mm-hmm. Simply, you know, when you think about carbon efficiency, it's how much is em- emitted for every terabyte of uh, of data that flows across our network. And a terabyte is like a thousand gigabytes, mm-hmm. and it's it's become kind of a, an industry norm for how you measure that that intensity. At seventy five percent, Sprint's carbon efficiency improvement target is the most aggressive in the U.S. wireless industry, and uh, and since two thousand seven, we've already achieved. A sixty percent improvement, so we're we're nearly there. Mm. And uh, I guess you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't I didn't at least also call out the fact that, uh, that we're, we're quite proud to have been included in the uh, in the Carbon Disclosure Leadership Index mm-hmm. uh, in last year's Carbon Disclosure Project for the S and P five hundred report. In fact, we scored ninety seven out of hundred possible points, and that was by far the uh, the, the highest in the uh, in the telecom services sector. Wow, that's a, that, I, I had just read that the other day, and that's that's very impressive. Um, so let's move on and talk about uh, your work, work with suppliers. So it's a big big piece of this, um, and I want to make sure we touch upon uh, touch upon it. Are you requiring suppliers to meet certain standards, and and how how are you doing? How are you identifying and then nurturing the the leaders that that do so? Another great question, and, and that's got to be one of the most challenging uh, aspects facing any 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 company out there mm-hmm. that's trying to, uh, to to move their supply chain along with them in that journey. And 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 really, I'd rather focus more on what we're we're encouraging and inviting our our suppliers to do, rather than than requiring them. Uh, mm-hmm. To a great extent, what we see it as as is a partnership. It's it's an opportunity for. And we communicate this to 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 our suppliers. We're looking to surround ourselves with companies that share our values as a, as a company. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I can give you an example. For instance, when we talked earlier about the uh, our recycling vendors for for devices and uh, and and remanufacturing, 
it was pretty clear, even about the time we set some goals around that initially, that that's the direction that the industry was heading. They were heading towards third-party certification. So our ability to get out in front of that and to encourage our vendors to, to join us in that process and, and begin getting their certification in place not only helps to, to benefit Sprint's program, but it's going to help benefit their programs in the marketplace and make themselves more competitive, competitive uh, like, you know, for other businesses that they like to pick up with companies like Sprint. So that was uh, an opportunity there. But as we've been going through this, what we've been trying to do is help build capacity. A number of these suppliers may be looking at these issues for the very first time, and what we're trying to do is, is empower them by being able to provide them with tools and support along the way to help make that transition easier. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking of a, a printer summit that we held here on, on uh, Sprint's headquarters last year. And the printer summit invited, I think we have a range of about, uh, you know, maybe 15 to 16 different printers who handle everything from our billing material on into our direct mail for the company as a whole. And we brought them in for a summit for a day to kind of talk through them with some of the goals we'd like to, to see them meet. But what we also did is we, we provided them access to, uh, to a, an NGO who was able to, to talk with them about the, the benefits of forest stewardship. Uh, we were also able to introduce them to a, a consultant, uh, a sustainability consultant that helped one of the, uh, the, the top uh, printers in North America in terms of sustainability get to where they've been able to achieve their success over time. So mm -hmm. by introducing them to those, those, uh, those partners, by providing tools that allowed them to help understand how they could quickly calculate their own greenhouse gas emissions, report them, and uh, begin setting reduction goals. Those are the ways we're trying to go about embracing our suppliers and helping them join us in that journey along the way. Wow, it's a fabulous story. Um, in what other ways is Sprint uh, driving innovation and moving the entire telecom industry? You know, I think a great example of that would be uh, would be uh, back in 2011, uh, we, we mentioned before the, the leadership that we, we've been so blessed to have by, uh, by Sprint CEO Dan Hesse. Mm -hmm. uh, he was appointed to become the chair for, uh, for CTIA, the, uh, the Wireless Association. And, and as different chairs come on board, they, they have the ability to prioritize different, uh, different projects. And what was at the top of his list was establishing uh, the CTIA Green Working Group which essentially was tasked with driving some environmental standards for, uh, for the U.S. telecom industry as a whole, collaboratively. And, uh, and since then, uh, I'm proud to say that the group's work has led to uh, the first industry-wide goals around uh, increasing device recycling and, mm -hmm. uh, and even creating more sustainable packaging for, for our products. And, uh, and again, I think Dan continued to demonstrate Sprint's desire to lead the industry uh, toward a more sustainable future by uh, leveraging his post to, uh, to kind of bring everyone together and focus on those, those initiatives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, we have a few more minutes. Um, tell us about uh, your, how Sprint has made it a point to publish metrics that actually matter to people. I, I like that because oftentimes you'll, you'll see things and read reports and there's no real efficacy and you know, personal efficacy. Um, Tell us what these metrics are and, and who specifically finds them of, of the greatest use. 
That's a, that's a good question as well. I, I'm thinking about metrics and, and more of the metrics I see published in, in uh, sustainability reports these days from, from various companies. And what I've continued to, to believe is that metrics really need to be placed in context to, uh, mm-hmm. to be meaningful. For example, let's say uh, two companies are out there and, uh, and each collects one million phones for reuse and recycling. Now, on the surface, they seem equal, right, when you just compare that number. However, if you found out that Company A had sold a million phones during that, that year and Company B had sold two million phones, then essentially Company A had collected enough to cover 100% of what it sold, but Company B collected enough to cover only 50% of what it sold. So I mean, mm-hmm. being able to put the collection metric in the context of the company's product footprint that they're, that they're introducing into the marketplace highlights that kind of significant difference between their efforts. And I think for Sprint, that's one of the, the, the main reasons that it's so important to be able to uh, have published our goal to collect nine phones for every 10 we, we, we strive to, sh- to, to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another example, especially within the U.S. telecom industry, as I think about it, is it's becoming very popular to publish just those goals on carbon efficiency or carbon intensity Again, mm-hmm. the, the amount of greenhouse gas emissions associated with each of those terabytes of data flowing across the network. However, you know, it's, it's actually possible to continue improving that efficiency while still growing the overall size of your carbon footprint, right? So right. the challenge there becomes it's much more meaningful uh, for uh, that reduction goal uh, as, as a reduction goal, I guess, to pair up the improvements on the carbon efficiency with an absolute reduction of your of your footprint as a whole. And, mm-hmm. and again, that's, mm-hmm. that's the approach Sprint's taken is, is kind of publishing both of those metrics along the way. Mm-hmm. And, and the bigger point overall is at some point, for everyone's benefit, we're just going to have to get to, uh, get to using the same uh, approach uh, across the board so yeah. that uh, the people can make direct comparisons. Making that feasible is, is just something that's a, a little hard today. It's, it's more like comparing apples and oranges. Right, exactly. Okay. Now, what do you have any exciting projects um, that you can share with us that are sort of coming down the pike or something that you're working on that is particularly exciting right now? You know, uh, you can expect that 2013 will continue to bring more innovation from Sprint. And, okay. uh, and we have a few things in the hopper that, uh, that will kind of let, let work out publicly in, in their own time. <laughs> okay. So basically, we need to keep on getting on the Sprint website and looking. That would be seeing. great, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I really appreciate your time, Darren. That's been wonderful. Um, and I know that we've learned quite a bit, and we will continue. And I will get all the links up on on, on my website and um, and get people to get on the Sprint site and, and, and learn a little bit more through, through, the, through the site. So thank you. Absolutely, Chrissy. It's been a pleasure to be with you and your listeners today. The proceeding has been Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com.